After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head -head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Hey, I'm Stan Geip, and I'm here with my partner, Matt Dolman. Today, we've got a special guest, Mr. Larry Nussbaum, on our David vs. Goliath podcast. Larry's an attorney up in Massachusetts that specializes in an extreme social presence uh, where he drives a ton of business and has a real strong presence on uh, Instagram and various other social media uh, platforms. So, Larry, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. I'm super yeah, excited. I've known to Larry be now for how long, Larry? We've known each other for like five years. We started out in yes. that, that crisp group together. That marking masterminds, myself, you, Shinara, Ross, Lena. We had a bunch of uh, all stars and myself. You know, you had to have one loser in the group. Yeah, well, I was the poorest person in the room. So you have evolved though. So in the last four, three, four years, you've uh, gone from uh, it was Nussbaum Law Group. That was your own firm in Boston. And now you've parted up with uh, Alexander Shinaro, who probably has the second or third biggest PI firm in the country behind Morgan. And your partner's also with Dave Altman, who originally was Altman and Altman, which may have been the old. Was that the oldest personal injury law firm in Boston? I don't know if they were the oldest, but their father had started the firm. So they've been around forever and they had uh, they had great name recognition. So, yeah, a couple couple mergers in the last few years. So now we're Altman, Nussbaum, Shinaro, and we're still trying to figure it out. So take us from like 2018, 2019 to now, explain to us, what is your marketing game? You know, how do you bring cases in every day when you're looking forward thinking, how do you set up your marketing strategy? Yeah. So prior to joining with Shinara, which was probably, I think at this point it was probably 2021, I had never spent any money marketing ever. So all my cases were generated from the, I call it from the street. Um, but it was just making connections with people, whether it was the bartender at the restaurant, the valet at the restaurant, sometimes going to different doctor's office, chiropractic offices, body shops, businesses that actually do work with the personal injury firms make it a little bit easier. But I always just was able to get my cases off the street. The problem is, is at a certain point, and I thought I was the best at it, at a certain point, I just couldn't grow. So I was up to about 20 cases a week that we would sign. And no matter what I did, I was never able to get to like 25 or 30. And then like, like you said, that's how you and I met. I started traveling a little bit nationally. And I realized that anybody that was considered a bigger player on the national network, they all had one thing in common that was marketing money. So I think the business has really evolved so, so much in mean? terms of you got you got to pay to play and you know if you're first on Google you're going to dominate and if you're on TV all the time you're going to dominate and all of those things cost money so it's a money marketing game now is what I truthfully believe I wish it wasn't I really truthfully wish it wasn't it's not what I'm good at it actually takes I used to call myself a rainmaker so people if somebody came out of law school today and they had my skills which is not being a trial lawyer it's being a rainmaker I don't. I wouldn't even necessarily hire them because I don't need them for the cases. I we we market for the cases. So the business has really evolved uh, so much over the years um, in terms of how you have to get cases, and it's getting harder and harder. Well, let's let's discuss that. So, what what has changed? Is it the fact that there's bigger law firms like the Morgans of the world 
who are moving into more jurisdictions and upping the marketing spend and saturating specific markets? I think some of it has to do with there's you know right there's there's bigger firms that are now playing nationally, but it really comes down to this: is that Americans are addicted to their cell phone, so they're on their cell phone all day long. I catch myself doing it even on the bathroom, right? I'm on my phone. So if you're on Instagram, the lawyers are chasing you. If you're on any other social media market platform, they're chasing you. If you need a lawyer, you go to Google. If you want to know what's the best restaurant, you go to Google. So people aren't even spending time hanging out with their friends. You know, I used to have a client would be hanging out, having lunch with their friend and they're, oh, what happened to your arm? Oh, I got in an accident. Oh, well, I know a great lawyer. You can call Larry. Now that person before they see their friend, they're on Google or they're on Instagram and they've already been hit by 20 different lawyers and they're picking one of them for no reason at all. So I think I truthfully, I think the cell phone is the biggest game changer that people have so much access to all these different firms and all this different information that your street game gets to them, but it gets to them too late. But is the street game still effective to an extent? Street game is still effective. I still think it. So I will tell you this. I so, truly still be- Before you go further, explain and define what is a street game. For me, a street game means that you're getting a personal referral from someone, whether it's your mother referring you to the case, a friend, a prior client. It could be a plumber. Just having such an outreach on the, on the ground that people know, you know, I, I sh- always share a story. I had this client. I didn't even know her that well. And She's literally calling me off the hook. It's like a Saturday. I didn't want to answer, but she kept calling. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's an emergency. And this is no joke. She's literally in line at Walmart. The person in front of her had a cast on. She asked him what happened out of nowhere. And they're telling her the story. And she's like, hey, I got to get my lawyer on the phone. And she got me right on the phone and I signed that case up. So the case can come from so many different areas. But when I say ground game, it's getting it's getting a personal referral. It's it's someone coming to you or your firm just based on the recommendation of an individual. And it still exists. I still get the same 20 a week that I always got. The problem is it's hard to scale a ground game. But I think the ground game is still important. And I also would argue, at least in my statistics, I think I think the bigger the case, you know, if somebody has a $20 million case, I would hope that they're asking some people, you know, asking the uh, the state senator, or they're asking their, their real estate lawyer, or they're asking somebody that has some clout in that neighborhood, you know, who's a good lawyer, who could you recommend, or even asking a, a family friend, rather than just going on Google um, and just finding someone randomly. So I you think the bigger, ca- the bigger cases you would hope still come from the the personal referrals, I think. But it's definitely changed. But the ground game still has great effect. And um, nowadays, we've changed it a little bit where it's not just me going out to the restaurants and leaving an extra big tip. You know, we try to do a lot of community events. We gave away backpacks before school. We did free haircuts. People love free shit, right? I mean, it's just it still comes down. But you got to have money. To, you got to have money to buy those backpacks. But so. the point is, the top of mind awareness so that when they see you on any one of the mediums, whether it's social media or television, they're making that association. Correct. So, uh, you know, I'm just starting to learn this myself, but I would say a lot of the money we spend is what's called what we call branding. So a lot of money we spend, unfortunately or fortunately, it doesn't necessarily lead to me getting a case now. It might lead to me getting a case five years ago. We're just branding. Morgan does a great job of that. Everybody just knows Morgan and Morgan. 
And so when they get in an accident, the hope is that they'll remember you. So you've got to hit them from so many different areas. Understood. Well, I was going to ask, what do you do to maintain your contacts? It's like, just like you walked in and you had a ground game and you left big tips and suddenly you develop these people. I mean, there's someone behind you trying to leave big tips and trying to develop a gown game and get your sort of your network away from you. Once you've got that in place, what do you do to make sure these people stay loyal to you? I mean, how do you maintain your relationships? So I believe out of sight, out of mind. So I still to this day, you know, I've had people tell me it's a waste of my time. I disagree. I have what I call a call list. I've now adapted it into my calendar, but I there's probably 50 people I call every week just to say hello for like 30 seconds. And then I try to get off the phone, Matt Dolman being one of them, just to, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's not like, I'm not trying to trick anybody, but I try to check in with people on a regular basis. And I think people ultimately appreciate it. And I've, and I've seen it happen. Like, you know, I've gotten a little bit lazy. I've been so busy and I didn't call certain people. And then I called them and the next day they have a case for me. It's unbelievable how that works. Just calling someone, they all of a sudden they're out to dinner the next day and they hear about something and they're, oh, you got to call Larry. But if I didn't call them that week, that wouldn't be part of the conversation that came up on their dinner. So it's really amazing how that works. So I put a lot of time and effort and I scheduled time out to, I literally have what I call a call list and it's people that have meant something to my business. Some of them are other lawyers and, and out of state like Matt, but a lot of them are just prior clients or people who over the past have sent me business or regularly send me business or are involved in the community. And I literally try to hit them. Even if it's for two minutes, I try to hit them once a week. Hey, how are you? How's the family? How's everything going? And then I I try to end it pretty quickly, but um, I stay in touch with everybody. You have to. Having an effective ground game requires a little bit of maintenance. I mean, it sounds easy. Like, Hey, I just got to go out, meet people, leave tips and be friendly. But there's a little more to that once you establish a contact, isn't there? I mean, you got to have some credibility with these people, and you got to stay top of mind and in front of them. They got to think you are the best one to send stuff to, as opposed to anyone else in town. Correct. So it, it, it is a lot of work, and there are times that I hate it. I mean, uh, I'm sure you guys all experience this. There are times where the last thing I want to do is make one more phone call. Like I don't even mind doing work and still working and paperwork or planning on something, but. There are times where I just, whether it's my mom or anybody else, I just don't want to talk to anybody else. So just being on the phone all day can can really take a toll on you. And plus, we always have to deal with a lot of negative stuff, hearing people's bad stories. So it's they're not, a lot of times where I, I have to deal with client problems. So they're not always positive conversations, but it is a grind. It is a lot of hard work. But if you maintain those relationships, most people stay loyal. But to your point, at the end of the day, if you can't back it up, again, I could be the greatest friend in the, on earth. If my firm wasn't doing a good job and we weren't getting results and we weren't calling clients back, they'll move right on to the next person. It takes a whole team effort here. Everything you said, I agree. I mean, we we do some of the same things. Um, I'm like Larry Light. I'm not quite the same version of you, but uh, you know, even from the group that we originally had in Crisp, I still keep in touch with most of those individuals. It's you just got to stay regimented and keep in touch with these folks. Is how you get the referrals. The question is, if somebody's coming out of law school now and is kind of going off what you said in the very beginning that the same strategy that worked for you back then probably would not work now. What would be your advice? What would you do now if you came out and you had a limited marketing budget versus uh, an unlimited marketing budget? What's what's the approach? Go into a different type of law. <laughs> no. So coming I, out so now, I, if you come out of law school now, is it is it plausible to do personal injury on a shoestring budget still? I would say yes. I would say it's impossible to scale. 
But I think we're seeing this all over the country now. And I heard about it a few years ago and we're starting to kind of see it now. And I think it's going to get way worse. Um, There's been a lot of consolidations. Like even myself, I partnered with Alex and then I partnered with Altman and Altman's. And we're still looking at other firms to acquire. And you're seeing this all over the country where the bigger firms are going to start swallowing up the smaller firms. And I've heard talk that in 10 years, there's going to be the Amazon of law firms and none of us are going to exist. Um, So there is definitely some type of movement towards just having a bunch of huge, huge, huge law firms like Google sized, Amazon sized. And it's going to make it nearly impossible for like a solo practitioner. But if you're just starting out and you keep your overhead low and you're a people person, I mean, you can go out there and get get a few cases a week. That's all you you know, if you if you stay small, I still think about this sometimes. I know lawyers that handle three cases a year. They keep their three best cases and they refer everything out. You have very low overhead and you can still make a, a, a good career out of that. But of course, there's definitely a consolidation happening. You guys probably know more about it than me, but it is going to be harder and harder for even small and mid-sized firms to compete with what's about to happen with all this outside money coming into the business. I think that the mid-sized firms are the ones that are going to feel it the most. They're going to be squeezed. Agree, agree. They can't compete dollar for dollar advertising-wise with the big firms. The small firms, you're looking to keep it small and not scale and just have a few cases, you can still easily do that. Agree. But you can't be mid-sized. You can't be like the size that we are, that Stan and I have. And you know now you can, but five, 10 years from now, and, and having a market in very big markets like Tampa, Orlando, Miami, against the outside money that's coming in, it's going to be very, very difficult. Correct. I, I couldn't have said it better. Like I said, you could, if you're willing to stay small, you can grind and get a few cases, but it's, it's, it's impossible to scale without spending money in this industry. Agreed. Larry, of all the social media platforms you use, do you notice sort of a different audience or different response based on which platform you're putting stuff out on? Like, for instance, uh, do you get a different response from Instagram than you do from Snapchat or Facebook when you put stuff out? Yeah. So the the main ones that I utilize are um, Instagram, Facebook, and now we play around a little bit with TikTok. I would compare TikTok to Instagram, meaning... These guys, young kids want to see you put your flashy car on it. I'm a half decent looking guy. I get a lot of girls that like like to follow me or whatnot. Facebook, a lot more professional. A lot of what I, what I get, at least from my Facebook, a lot of people that I've lost touch with, kids I went to high school with, teachers from middle school that are proud to see me. They didn't think I would ever make it. So my followers on Facebook are completely different from like Instagram and TikTok. Instagram and TikTok are it's a much younger generation and they're just again they're on the toilet scrolling through and maybe they like something maybe they don't and Facebook is more of a, a real I would call it a community people actually care people are actually taking the time to read if you actually write something um, so th- they're they're completely different um, but again I I actually I know there are some lawyers that claim they get a lot of cases from it we don't I think it's still good branding. But I, I haven't seen – I've never gotten a case where it's just some random person that's hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and We've had a had case. We've had this discussion. I agree with you 100%. I had a prior client that instead of calling my cell phone, hit me up on Instagram. But I wouldn't say Instagram got me that case. So I think it's a good branding tool. I'm not sure how good it is at a, at a case acquisition. I know Matt and I have talked about it. Some lawyers are saying you know they've created their whole career on it. I I don't quite see that, but certainly each platform's a little bit different. 
I mean, there's the Ali Wads and Mike Mandels of the world, but other than that, I'm not seeing. Or are you seeing a lot of firms that really built themselves off of social media? No, but there are people trying, and let me tell you something. There are people making a lot of money off of them, uh, sell, selling selling them the dream that they can get a lot of cases off social media. Yeah, and the very lawyers who claim to be successful probably are the ones who are using that to, as a forum to sell the dream. But agreed. Do you have to get involved? Let's say you get some. So, do you have to get involved in spending money on social media platforms to get out there and in front of a wider audience, or is that something you even dabble in? Um, I dabble with it. Again, I'm not sure how much it actually helps, but again, it's become a huge business. Just like there's those SEO companies for Google, there are a lot of businesses now that want to, you know, be your social media manager or content creator. And then what's interesting is running an Instagram ad, and I am certainly not an expert at this, running an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad, you can spend $5 boosting it and it works pretty well. Not necessarily getting you a case, but who's seeing it. So you can put a very little bit of money behind an Instagram ad. I'm talking five, $10 for like a three day run and it will boost it and really get it seen. So I dabble with a little bit of money. I've also spent a lot of money on social media and that's hiring people to do it. And I'm not, I haven't seen the results. So we're, we're now doing everything in house. I have a little bit of fun with it. I'm, I'm not putting nearly as much time and effort to it, but you know, in terms of running an ad, you can, you can, the ad cost is so minimal that it doesn't hurt to uh, put a few dollars behind it. But like when I said a few dollars, we're not talking about thousands or even hundreds. We're talking five, ten dollars. And how often are you having to put out new content to keep, you know, keep top of mind and relevant with people? So I do a horrible job at it because we're, we're transitioning from companies that we use. But I think if anything I've learned about social media is that that's the key is that you have to be consistent with putting out content and it has to be quality content. So I see a lot of shitty content out there and people think, Hey, if I just put 10 things out today, I'm going to be top of mind and all that. But if you're putting out the wrong content that can actually backfire. So I think consistency is huge. Like, you know, can't take a day off. You got to post every day. And you got to create good, relevant content. I try to, my new strategy is I'm going to try to, you know, one thing educational, one thing funny, one thing a little bit personal and try to hit them from all different kind of, kind of areas. But consistency is, would, would be the word I would use with social media. That's the key. If you, if you post it every day, even the stupidest story, 365 days in a row, you will gain some type of traction. But yeah. let me ask, when you're posting on social media, I mean, it's not just, hey, what to do if you've been in an auto accident 5,000 different ways, is it? I mean, you're posting stuff that's completely unrelated to the industry at times just to kind of create a presence within people, correct? Yeah, so I would say that's where you're you're trying to, right? So like if you go back to like old school sales, right? You got to build trust before you sell, right? So I'm trying to see if I can show people who I am and what I'm all about, that I'm a good guy, that I'm trustworthy, and whatever it may be. And once I've got them engaged and they they like me, then you try to sell them something. Um, so, yeah, I personally, and again, we do a little bit about it. I hate all that stuff where it's like, you know, if you've been in an accident, call me. I mean, we do that on TV and all that. But, that, you know, for the social media, I feel like you can try to make, you know, it's not as good as in person, but you're trying to make a connection with your audience as a person. They want they want to see you go to the gym. 
they want to see you play with your kids. I read, I read, this is a few years ago. I read, so Gary V who's like, you know, I don't know what he's called, but an influencer or has a huge, huge presence, motivational speaker. He spends so much money and time creating all this content. And I don't know if it still holds true to this day, but about a couple of years ago, his number one performing video was his daughter eating blueberries. And that wasn't meant to be content that actually did well. He just happened to videotape his daughter eating blueberries, but that did better than any of the content they actually specifically created because people want to see that human effect. Agree. You know, consider Gary Vee is definitely an influencer. I mean, that's, that's what Ali Wad does is basically Gary V, but for law. Yeah. And he does, a, you know, again, Ali does good a job. good mixture yes. of he, Ali gives you a lot of legal info, but he also does a lot of just random stuff. I, you know, I'll tell you what else I like. I do a, every now and then I do a giveaway around Christmas time, you know, raffle off five gift, hundred dollar gift cards, tag us, like us, share with three friends. You know, things like that. Again, I'm not trying to be funny. People, I've I've really learned this over the years. People love free stuff. Oh, yeah. They really do. Mm -hmm. They will show up for anything that's free. It's unbelievable. So what other marketing strategies are you guys employing right now? What else works? So again, we do a lot. We focus a lot on branding. So we're working on a TV commercial. So we're going to go on TV. We use uh, the wrapped Ubers. We're on the radio. We're on the internet. And then we, again, like I said, you know, my ground game has evolved to where we try to really do a lot of community events. We, we put some money into, we bought one of those tents that has our thing on it and a lot of swag that we give away. And uh, again, I, I don't, I don't think one thing specifically works. I think you really just have to be consistent and you got to be able to play the long game. You know, I, I've heard from people that, you know, I, I was talking to a billboard guy and he's like, listen, we've had some lawyers, they come into a little bit of money. So they buy five billboards and they run it for three months and then they pull them because they got no results. And that was a recipe for success, but you know, they, they weren't getting results. So they pulled off. You got to buy 12 billboards. You got to run them for 12 months and you got to be willing to wait it out. And you know, there are certain, certain, areas of marketing where we've spent hundreds of thousands. I won't specifically say where, but we've spent hundreds of thousands. I couldn't tell you straight to this day if I've ever could actually quantitate a case directly from there, but I know people are seeing it. So the brand is being built, but it keeps me up at night. It's very hard because you're spending all this money and you're not actually necessarily acquiring a case. But you know, 10 years from now, if my brand is really out there, hopefully it'll pay off. And I might never know that it was from that spend. So you got to be in it for the long haul and you, you got to be willing to take a lot of risk and you got to have balls. Agree with everything. Is there anything that you're doing to track this in terms of like a uh, marketing companies will always tell you to track like branded impressions on Google or Google analytics. And you can tell yeah. people are searching for your brand rather than searching, finding you through a search query. Do you do that at all? Or you just judge by the amount of signups per month, which is the probably the best way of doing it. So I would like to say that my office is, if they are, they're certainly not doing a great job at it. Um, and I don't get the data. I mean, we're trying to put all, all this data in. I'll steal one of Shannara's lines that I actually agree with. It's how I started my firm. Like cases are king. And I could argue, well, you should have signed more. So how do you really signing 70 cases? If you should have signed a hundred, isn't really that good, but cases are king. So for me, I look at very few things, and as long as my cases are coming in and my cases are getting settled, 
I try not to worry too much about the in-between. Sure. I mean, some of the stuff's very tough to actually measure anyway. Oh, it's nearly impossible. And again, I know you and I have talked about this before. A lot of people talk a good game. I'm not sure their numbers are as good or their tracking is as good as they really say. No, it is. we've always said that. Believe half of what you say. And Correct. These people it's claim very, to be getting hard. cases off this stuff. They're using it as a form to sell their stuff. But we're in It's very thing. hard. 100%. So we date back to the original CRISP group. Look at look at where you've come, uh, Larry. You've come very far. Very proud. Yeah, of I, got a lot, I got a lot more debt. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's eventually going to pay itself <laughs> off. You built a great firm. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Stan, any other remarks you got? If I was going to ask one thing, Larry, this is kind of, okay, if we've noticed, we remember Google when it first started out and you've been able to slowly watch Google monetize the space on the page. Like right now, if you're to go to page one, like that first thing that pops up on Google, it's hard to find anyone who isn't really paying to be in that location. You know, the organic results have been squeezed out as Google begins to monetize more and more of the space. You slowly start to see this going on with social media sites now. There's more and more paid content, more and more advertisement, more and more sort of slipped in that that look like, you know, a regular post until you start seeing the little sponsored thing up to the right. Where do you see this evolving and moving to with social media? I mean, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, they're all going to try to continue to monetize as much as they can. But do you have any sight on where you see this going? Yeah, exactly. It's going to go exactly where, where Google's gone. And, you know, then there'll be something new. Again, I'm, I don't know about all these new AI things that people are now talking about. I, I'm not prepared to speak about that. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, at the end of the day, you know, Google's, I mean, Google's a business. Instagram's a business. Facebook's a business. And they make all their money off of ads. So that's why they push out the generic stuff. Um, and I think it's probably even worse than we could even imagine. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but again, you know, I was talking to somebody about a pair of workout sneakers, and it, I swear the ad pops up on my Instagram. It's unbelievable. Uh, it really is. So, yeah, where's it going? Is that again? It, it's get you. It's going to cost more and more money to compete in this industry. Probably a lot of industries, but in this industry, it's going to cost more and more money. We're going to see consolidation. We're now allowing outside money into the legal industry, and which is going to just – again, it's a very interesting, scary time for some. But I also think there's opportunity out there if you – what's the saying? You know, you know, something lost for someone else is, a, is, a, is an opportunity for someone. So you know, I think we all have to pivot just like we always have, and you sometimes don't even realize in the day-to-day grind that you are pivoting with the times, right? We all have cell phones. I remember when there was just car phones. And then I remember when there was not even car phones. So it just seems to adapt. So we'll all have to adapt with it. But yeah, you, you got to spend money to, to, to get on these platforms for sure. No, I can clearly remember having an old flip phone StarTech and thinking, man, how advanced the world is that I can make a call from anywhere now as I was paying like 60 cents a minute, you know, on the calls going out correct, and stuff cor- like correct. that. Correct. It's, it's, I remember the old star attack. That was the biggest pimp in the world walking around with one. See, so, yeah, when I was in school, we had the uh, the razor. The yeah, razor. Yeah, if you didn't have razor, the razor, sure. you weren't cool. Yeah, so exactly. Yep. So now what happens is, okay, you never could have envisioned that we'd be living around smartphones and we'd have so much information at our fingertips and so much going on. You can't really, like now I'm amazed at what AI does, okay? Some of the AI content that can spit out and the way it answers. So 
I think all of this, you know, fairly is going to come into play in the legal marketing industries. And I think it's going to be interesting, especially with social media, to watch how all this plays out, because I think that's the next sort of landscape that they're rushing to monetize. And, you know, I I think they got to be real careful because over monetization of that space is going to alienate your user audience. You got to still keep it as an authentic experience for the user. I still want to go on Facebook and see somebody I knew from high school and what their kids are doing more so than I want to see an ad for another attorney. So I think it's a a slippery slippery slope to monetize, but still keep the user experience as authentic as possible. Yep. All right. That's all I had. Uh, Matt, anything else from you? No, we we covered, I think, uh, soup to nuts. This is uh, probably the most charismatic person I know and a hell of a marketer. I give him a little bit more credit than he gives himself that I think the street game still works. It's just different. It's evolved to where you have to, you need top of mind awareness. And then the, the other mediums fill in the blank. Then people make the association and see you more often, but it still works. There's a reason why you've always been busy wherever you go. And there's a lot of guys spending money on television and radio who are not doing quite the numbers you are doing. So there's a lot to be said for that. And your partner Altman's like the mayor of Boston as well. Between the two of you guys, you know, everyone up there. Yeah. If I could get him to stop working on uh hip apps, that's Dave. Guys, thanks for having me. All right, Larry. Thanks for coming out. We appreciate it as always. Thank you, Larry. This has been another episode of the David and Goliath podcast. Have a great day. This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. That's D-O-L-M-A-N law.com. Or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney, nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. Any case result information provided on any portion of this podcast should not be understood as a promise of any particular result in a future case. Dolman Law Group. Big firm results. Small firm personal attention.